Nobody cares about anyone Let me explain You should probably have thicker skin Get rejected ten times a day Nearly die from addiction And I'm going in on second explanation You wanna work hard But you always on vacation You wanna post pictures of relationships With no relation Think I care about what you achieve You never gave me time or patience Rather kick rocks than kick it With these ones who really hating You got ears here Everything that I spit with flame and flame you a blame thrower, smashing pumpkin rat out the cage What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 58 of The Locker Room, brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. So go to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with our code LOCKA. That's 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com and use our code LOCKA. Your balls will thank you. I promise you. Super Bowl Sunday is over with. No more NFL season. I know we've been talking about football a lot here, so uh, the football talk will probably die down a little bit. We don't have Cappy tonight. He's playing right now in a professional game, so I want to wish him luck on the recording. I don't know if that's going to do anything because he won't be able to hear it right now, but um, I know he'll listen to this tomorrow, so he'll hear it then. So, Cappy, I hope you won tonight. But, Maxie, what's going on? I know you won pretty big in the Super Bowl. Um, we may have had different sides or different props. I don't know what you took. So why don't you just tell the listeners about your big payday? Yeah. Um, I made all my money on prop bets and it felt great. I had Gronk touchdown. I had no touchback on the first kickoff, had a little, uh, had a little information on that over the past 20 Super Bowls, 18 of them, there've been no touchbacks. And I learned why usually before kickoffs, they beat up the ball. But for the Super Bowl, when they do the kickoff, they don't because that ball goes to Canton for the Hall of Fame. So they, so they don't beat it up. So it's very hard to kick very far. And it was at plus 185, me and my buddy Dusty, who we basically call ourselves the bookbusters, like the Ghostbusters. Yeah, kind of lame, but you know. Super lame. <laughs> I love it. Uh, we hit big on that. We also took uh, playoff Lenny over three and a half receptions. That was the easiest bet of the night. Um, and I did place a live bet on the Chiefs, hoping that maybe it would be a uh, Patriot Falcon type comeback. Did not lost that, but overall big payday out and uh, felt good. Yeah, good for up you. from I'm last Super Bowl. I'm happy for you. I know Cappy had the Bucks too, so. Proud of Cappy. I think Cappy actually won our our locker room playoff. Did he bet, did he bet on the puck uh, on the Bucks? I don't know if he actually put money on it, but I know he's he's been saying the Bucks since day one. I mean, he had the Bucks from the start. Yeah. Well, if anyone's listening for the first time, I promise we're not a sports betting podcast, even though we talk about it all the time. But Max, I do I do know you want to talk about the greatest champion in sports history. I know that's up for a huge debate. I don't know if you saw Colin Coward's top ten. Is that what maybe sparked this? No, I, I I just I just thought about it. I really wanted to ask you because I'm pretty I'm pretty hard set on what I think it is. What is the hardest sport to win a championship in? I mean, I'm so biased, but I think it's hockey. I think any team could win any night. I mean, I'm, I'm always going to think hockey's the case in that regard. But also with the way football works and injuries, and you know how they're constantly battling, you know, for 16 straight weeks, it's it's hard for everyone to stay healthy. So Super Bowl in that regard is also super tough. I think baseball is probably the easiest. If you have the best pitching, I mean, like chances are you're going to be really good besides the Nets, obviously, because I heard they've had the best pitching for the last couple of years and they can't win. But that's just a that's just a dagger at you. But I feel like 
the easiest would be baseball. Second easiest would be basketball because in basketball, your best players are always on the court, right? Like there's no offense, defense. It's, it's kind of like that, that's the one difference with basketball and baseball where the same guys are on the field or the court all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I would rank like hockey hardest, football second hardest, then baseball, then basketball. I think basketball. So, so by that, you think Wayne Gretzky's the best champion? See, I don't know because I think there's, I think there's someone out there who has more cups than Gretzky. So then, who's that? I want to say it's one of the Richard brothers, but don't fact check me on that. So I think basketball is the easiest. I think if you're a good team and you make it far. It's a best of seven series. So if you have a bad game, you can kind of bounce back. Mm-hmm. That's why I don't have hockey up there. I think the two hardest, one, the hardest is the NFL. Any game you can get beat and get knocked out. Like look at uh, uh, in 08 when the Giants played the, the Patriots. They played so- 10 times. Patriots would have won, but just happened to uh, – Patriots would have won nine times. So – they just happened to get them on a, uh, on a good day. And then I think the second hardest is college basketball for the same reason. I agree. I, I also, was, I was going to say, are we counting golf, tennis, like individual sports? Or are we just counting team sports? I was thinking team sports. Yeah, I agree. Because individual sports, I think, are the hardest. But because if you have an off day, there's no one to back you up. Right. Um, so, I mean, I, I agree with college basketball. But then you can make the case for any college. Like college, you can do college hockey also. It's the same thing. Oh, that's uh, that's one and done. Frozen yeah. four. You do a bracket, yeah. No, that that is tough. And then college football is kind of the same, also now. Yeah, but then, <laughs> yeah, but if you look at college football, you have the four teams. Like you got to win two games. You don't have to win four. Yeah, but if you win if you. I mean, if you lose like more than two games during the season, you don't make right. <laughs> I mean, the but the thing is, powerhouses are different. Like college, I, the NFL is just so much more competitive than college football. We see the same teams in the in the Final Four for college football. So I got Brady as my best champion of all time, and that's never going to change. Going to say that, I think. Yeah. I'm going to say that. Um, as my greatest champion of all time, I, I honestly, I mean, I like it. Brady is such an obvious answer. I don't want to say Brady, but like, just because it's so fresh right now, like, how could you not? Right. You, you know? could go Bill I mean, Russell. I also, well, no, but I, I think I think what's more impressive about Brady, though, and this is something that stands away from everyone saying like, oh, um, Brady Belichick, whatever, or Bill Russell had, won 11, but I think all with the same franchise, right? All with Boston. Yeah. So Gretzky won most of, I mean, most, no, Gretzky won all of his with Edmonton. So the one thing that separates Tom Brady, I think, is going to a completely new franchise that hasn't made the playoffs in years and bring them to the Super Bowl and winning. I mean, that's that's what's insane. Yeah. Whereas those guys like Gretzky, Bill Russell, those guys all won with one organization. Dude, Brady's so fucking cool. He's so, so cool. It's so I think strong. everyone loves him a little more, though, now that he didn't win the, with the Patriots. Yeah, as a Jet fan, I fucking loved it. Mm-hmm. I loved it. But I think we should go into the boxes. I think you should talk about Super Bowl boxes, how much money we raised. Yeah, um, I'd just like to thank everyone who got involved. We were able to raise over $2,000 that all went to the Barstool Fund to help small businesses. Me personally, and I was actually going to say this as my oy vey, but I've been talking to bars and restaurants from the Lehigh Valley that are really struggling and to like hear it in their voice and just like they're, it's out of their control kind of hits home as to like this, like it sucks no matter what they, no matter, they can't do anything about it. And to see that this fund is 
and you can see it too. They're, they're FaceTiming them, recording them, showing it to us. It's great. And um, when I went to go pick up the Sonic gift cards, I passed by Borelli's and they are on like a, a mini highway and they have this like a uh, billboard that says, thank you, Dave Portnoy and the Barstool Fund. And it just, and I, I stopped by there, got a slice and you could see how appreciative they are. Their entire inside, it's like Islanders and then all Barstool stuff. Granted, you know, yes, what their, uh, their son works at Barstool, but it's just more of, you could see that this is, these are people that want to work. They are working. And they're appreciative of the money that they get. And there are a lot of other bars and restaurants that are just like that. So if we can help with a portion of helping one place, that's amazing. And I'm just happy that we were able to do that and, uh, and make, make a difference in any way. I don't want to take away from anything you just said, because it was beautiful and it's so true. And we are so happy to help. And I want to thank you personally for me for setting all that up. That was amazing. I know Cappy also wants to thank you. But I was just I, I was just laughing at myself when he said, went to Sonic, it was close to Borelli, so I stopped in, got a slice, so I know for a fact that you got a whole pie. <laughs> I, got, I got an individual pie, because they, do, they don't do individual slices there. Uh-huh. You know that. Well, and that's, when you know, that's when you know a place is good. If you go mad. in and you say, hey, can I get a slice? Hey, hey, man, we, uh, I don't know what, I just said in Jamaican voice. I was trying to do Italian. That Not was terrible. Italian, that was sad. terrible. But I was just laughing at myself. It's like when someone says I had a glass of wine, but they mean like a bottle. You right. Know? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did it. And I did the whole uh, pizza. I don't, I don't, I don't like doing those, but I did it because like, I just felt I had to. That place is going to be a landmark. It's going to be a landmark. Huh? You did it because it was super original. Right. Exactly. That's exactly why I did it. Rally's is a landmark, honestly. My billet mom from Texas, who grew up in East Meadow, the billet mom is the family I lived with when I lived there. She's from that area, and she still talks about Borelli's. And every time she's in New York, she goes to Borelli's for a slice. No, it was it was it was good. A little greasy for me though, like it was dripping. Speaking of Borelli's though, and speaking of pizza, I know yesterday was National Pizza Day, and we haven't even mentioned our guest yet, Kosha Dills, a rapper, hip hop artist. Super excited that we got him on. I know you guys are gonna love that interview. He's the man. We call him Coach just because we're boys, we're brag, whatever. But <laughs> I mean, he's the man. He's Coach. He's coach. He's, he, he has a pretty, pretty killer name. Yeah, he does. But I know, I know you want to talk about Super Bowl commercials, and I already know what you're going to say to this because your little pee-pee gets hard every time you hear the song. But what do you think of the Shaggy commercial? I know that was your favorite. Oh, it was, it was hilarious, really clever. Um, it's just pretty interesting to just see commercials in general. Super Bowl commercials um, for 30-second 30 se- 30 commercial, it's five five and a half million dollars. And then you see the commercial that, Brady and Gronk did, and they didn't even get a commercial for that. Team, uh, what was it? T-Mobile. I think so. T-Mobile they didn't even uh, slot a time for a commercial. So that can kind of be, or at least we might be seeing, how commercials are going forward. It's really just social media, which is pretty smart. And even the weekend, the weekend spent like seven million dollars on that halftime performance. I don't know. I, I was just saying. I, I wonder what Bruce Springsteen spent on his like two-minute commercial. A lot. Yeah, that was a long I mean, commercial. I mean, I love Bruce, so I didn't mind it, but I mean, that was that was at least two minutes. Yeah. I do want to go into the Oyve a little bit for this week. Maxi, my Oyve actually has to do with one of your friends. Um, I don't know if you want me to go first. Usually, yeah, you go you go first. 
All right, usually Cappy goes first, but. I know everyone who watched the Super Bowl saw the Super Bowl streaker. I saw on Gunner's story yesterday. Oh, Gun- oh okay. Gunner Alagna, yes. Yeah, I don't know his last name, but his Instagram is Gunner. I saw Gunner's Instagram story. He like reposted it, I guess, um, from the this account of a guy who met the streaker. And the, the story says, met the Super Bowl streaker at Jay Alexander's restaurant while having lunch before leaving Tampa. He bet 50K on a prop bet at plus 750 that there would be a streaker at the Super Bowl. His buddy went out as the first diversion, so he didn't get caught as quickly as his friend. Cost him 1K to get out of jail, so he cleared 374K on the bet. No shit. How much did it cost us to go to school? Dude, that's genius. <laughs> How much did it cost us to go to school? That's the question. Yeah, I, I mean... Like I was just reading that and I was like, Oh my God, like how has nobody done this before? Like that is the smartest thing I've ever heard. Smartest you know, thing. I think stre- like streakers are st- like, like it's a d- how dumb can you be? But in this sense, this is just- how smart can you be? Yeah. How smart can you be? You know, like I, like at the Super Bowl party I was at, we were like, what the fuck? Like what an idiot, like his ass is out. Like, this is so stupid. Why would he do that? Like, you know, you're going to jail, but <laughs> I think mean, you proved us all wrong here. The risky thing about it is getting tackled before even getting on the field. Mm-hmm. So it's smart that he had the diversion, not just thinking, oh, I'm going to place the bet and I'm just going to go streaking on there and then get tackled before he even makes it on, makes it down. Would you do that for that much money? For $375,000? 34. Yes. Would you? I'd pay to see you streak. Dude, I'd do it for $300. <laughs> uh, but that's my, what, what do you this week? Um, well, I kind of said it. It was um, going to Borelli's and, and seeing how great, uh, just seeing how grateful they were. I'll, I'll do another one. Uh, you mentioned the Shaggy commercial. Um, for those listening that don't know, I actually know the rap to Shaggy wasn't me. So when that came on, my phone was just blowing up from people texting me like, dude, it's Shaggy. Everyone's going nuts about you, like all, all this stuff. Um, and that was that's really it. <laughs> I thought you were going to rap it for us now. Sure, I'll, I'll, I'll rap it. Why not? You're gonna play it, yeah. This is super, this is what gets you chicks. Any girl listening right now is about to slide in your DMs. Oh, they will. I gotta speed it up. I don't want to say all this. Banging on the bathroom floor. How could I forget that I had given her an extra key? All this time she was standing there. She never took her eyes off me. How oh, you figure out the woman access to your villa? Trust the sun that when this way you cling on your pillar. You better watch her back before she turn into a killer. Best for you in the situation not to call the beaner. To be a true player, you have to know how to play. If she say I'm not convinced, I'll say a day. Never admit to a word if she say. Tell if she claim for you, tell her baby, no way. Was she coming on the camera? I think anyone who like hears that song in the car always mumbles it. And the fact that you know it is, I don't know if it's like super impressive or just like, man, this guy took the time to really learn this fucking rap. I learned it actually for a, I think it was like my fifth grade talent show. That's hilarious. Yeah. No, sixth grade, sixth grade. It was a middle school, sixth grade talent show. Well, I was gonna say there's a great video out there of you in Italy doing it at a bar. Oh yeah. All the Italian ladies. The Italian ladies loved it. They loved it. I wish no, I, I remember my sixth grade talent show. I sang See You Again by Miley Cyrus and Shaggy. It wasn't me. You sang both of them? Both of them. Yeah. They asked for an encore after See You Again. So I said, all right, oh. Shaggy, it wasn't me. 
yeah, I'm, I'm kind of a rock star, dude. That's amazing. Sixth grade, I think that's when I had like a flip phone. Probably, yeah. Was that Same. like the iPhone Verizon. one? Not even. I had the Verizon. I, didn't, I don't even think I had a phone in middle school, which is crazy to think about because all these kids now have like iPhone 10s when they're in second grade. And TVs in their rooms too. Yeah, I never had a TV in my room. I also do think we owe another thank you to one of our amazing sponsors, Bagel Boss, who also was one of the prize giveaways for the Super Bowl boxes. Bagel Boss has been awesome for us, really helping out with everything that we're trying to do, our bagels and locks as well. Um, go to bagelofthemonth.com and use code LOCKER for 10% off of any bagels that you want shipped nationwide. We love Bagel Boss. They've been super kind to us. I mean, they're the best sponsors we can ask for. Um, they ship bagels anywhere. So go to bagelofthemonth.com and use code LOCKER. I do think we should get into the interview with Kosha Dills. Kosh. Send it over. Kosh. Yeah, let's send it over to Kosh. This guy grew up in Edison, New Jersey, and was bar mitzvahed in Israel. He is an American Jewish hip-hop artist, and he's doing an incredible job at bringing the Jewish world and hip-hop world together. We're super hyped that he's not dancing in the street or in Washington, D.C. He's joining us on the podcast. Welcome to the locker room, Rami Matan, a.k.a. Kosha Dills. What up? Should we call you Kosha or Rami? Which one do you prefer? Whatever you feel more uncomfortable with, bro. More uncomfortable with? Yeah, so I tell everybody, whatever you feel most uncomfortable with. Boys call you Rami, you you don't know. Yeah, it's interesting. In Israel, people call me Rami. Here, a lot of people call me Kosh. Kosh. Dills. Call me Kosh. Call me Dills. Well, speaking of that, how'd you come up with that? I mean, I'm assuming like when you started out, you were just, you know, flowing around different names. It was, I think it was like a Jewish, it was a Jewish reference, a selling, a, a dealing reference. And like a sex reference, basically. Yeah. I was My friend at reference. the time was Yak Balls. <laughs> that rap. Really one of the best rappers, really out. And I was like, I'll be Kosher Dill. You know what I'm saying? Dill's balls, you know. <laughs> you gotta say, I came up with the name when I was 17. You know what I mean? Yeah. I wasn't like some, I wasn't like the PC culture didn't exist. You know what I mean? We probably put the Kosher Dills in your mouth. <laughs> and that's, what we, that's what we were trying to do i'm thinking i'm thinking like kosher kosher dill pickles you know what yeah, I mean? Same. of course yes obviously yes i can't <laughs> say you know i think rap is like you know basically telling everyone to go you know your mom's you know she's a slut and you put this on my dick and i was i came from rap battling for like years we didn't record rhymes that's like what we were doing hmm. so and I started, I never wanted to talk about like that. Like, so where'd you get your name? And I'm like, basically my whole thing was trying to get everyone to just suck my, you know what I'm saying? Like basically <laughs> that's, but if you think about it, what does that, like, I didn't get it. There was no like Jewish community. Like, I, you know what I mean? That shit was not on my mind. So where um, does the uh, Dunkin' Donuts come in? Cause I know that's like your big, like the logo you've been rocking is like a Dunkin' Donuts logo with kosher dills on it. Yeah. I mean, that's just. It's just, you know, some beautiful trash, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like some shit, you know? It's like, uh, you know, like some people are Starbucks and people are designer drip coffee and other people are like the beans of fucking... Blue collar. Those are the Dunkin' beans, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that. And, and that's sort of my, that's my target, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's real, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like trying to keep it, trying to keep it real. It's like, eh, but... 
I mean, in merchandise, you can make anything. I also have a Coca Coca Cola one. It's just co- enjoy kosher dills. I mean, you know, just a flip on. I love merch. I love selling stuff. I love branding. I love stealing logos of a major corporation to <laughs> utilize it for my own personal gain. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, I worked with somebody recently who designed a new piece of merch and he's like, I know the head of marketing at Duncan. I'm going to send it to them. This is amazing. And I'm like, okay, you're going to send my, my shirt to them. And he's like, yeah, they need to get with it. Like get in, like, you know, jump on it, you know, like, and people think it's flattery. You know, I think, you know, when you take from something else and make your own thing, it's flattery. It's like, it's like a a spoof. It's like, um, you know, Weird Al does, he didn't say, you know, you know, bad, who's bad. He's like, I'm fat. You know, Mm -hmm. Weird Al did his thing and Weird Al, if he does a cover of your song, it's, it's flattery. You know what I mean? Because your song is so, your stuff is so great that people, People are utilizing it for their own stuff. Yeah. And I mean, dude, if Charlie D'Amelio can get her own Duncan order, why can't Kosha Dill? <laughs> I just got Duncan. Early. Did you? Yeah. What's the what's the Kosha Dill's order at Duncan? To be honest, I do like an everything, egg and cheese. I got a hot cocoa. Well, uh, you gotta get the hash browns there too. They're elite. Yeah, man. I don't want to go overboard in the carb train, but <laughs> you know, that was it, dude. I got I got that jam. I'm like, this is what this is what we're doing. Getting hot cocoa. At Duncan today. That's what we did. That's what we did today. It, it, it varies. I'm a I'm a creature of habit, so I try to vary the order up. Mm-hmm. Coach, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty interesting, and I'm gonna call you Coach because I fucking love that so much. Yeah, that's awesome. With you. Going back to like your days, like you said, you were like rap battling all the time and stuff like that. Like, first off, how young did you start that? And second, like, when did you start to integrate like Jewish like like rhymes into your raps and stuff like that? Were you doing that like from like day one, kind of? Nah, not day one. Day one, we were rapping about lightning bolts and chainsaws (laughs) if you go back to chainsaw music chainsaw music yeah like i was like it was more like deathcore rap like i was in i was like really digging like nonfiction and necro if you guys know that Mm -hmm. and that was sort of an era when that was just like that was the scene of underground rap you know now the jewish stuff sort of seeped in kind of like after i met like 2004 or five and stuff like you start my a lot of just jewish references and things um because like my my ideal thing was like, I wanted to be like, uh, I wanted to be like the Jewish guy in Sopranos, the Jewish guy in Goodfellas, you know, mm-hmm. so. The Jewish gangster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I, that's exactly what Kosher Dills was. Mm-hmm. It was like recovering Jewish gangster meets, you know, and then, then we started doing emotional things and I started learning how to write because I was going through something. It wasn't some shit like I was doing. Write a song, record it, put it out. You know what I mean? Write a song, record it, put it out. So that Jewish stuff. And then I started, you know, as I came out as kosher deals and started releasing any kind of music. Every time I release more music, other Jewish people be like, oh, that shit's dope. Your song Chainsaw Music or Harry Chester Hollywood. These songs, you're like, yeah, I mean, that was always it. My shit was like, I'm not fabulous, yet I'm fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I think very humble you of you. Know, <laughs> my approach to Jewish shit, and I call it Jewish shit, like Jewish stuff, is that, you know, all religion is shit, to be honest. But there's also a lot of beauty to stuff in it, you know, because the entire world has been operating off it. And I was like, I gotta make that stuff cool. And I just liked to want to, I liked that I became proud of what I was because I didn't want to be involved with it. I'm at a time and I didn't want to be, I changed it from kosher dill to KD flow to kosher dills. And I've been kosher dill since 05. I mean, I was going to say, yeah, it, it is interesting too. Cause like growing up, I mean, speaking for my, my own 
itself. Like I wasn't so interested in like Jewish culture until I turned like 21 even, or like when I went to Israel for the first time, you know, like we just didn't, we didn't think it was cool because we were like forced to go to Hebrew school and learn about it, you know, but when you put it in this kind of sense in a satirical way, also, it seems like what you're doing. Um, that's what makes it very cool. Yeah. I mean, listen, bro, I wrestled. So I wrestled D1 too. And, you know, nice. I, I like, I get the sports, right. And you're like, mm-hmm. I don't want to fucking do Jewish sports. I want to do sports sports with people who are fucking good at sports. <laughs> right. Yeah. And like, yeah, there's, there's always like one other Jewish kid. And it's like, my parents were like, there was one other Israeli kid. So we're Israeli. So they're like, Oh, these are, you know, there's one other Israeli wrestler and he was like a badass, and and you know that was like our canonic connection to what we did you know mm-hmm. what i'm saying there was and this how it sort of seems to be now you know it's like who there's a jewish ball player like there's a jewish i know this one kid i just met recently um this dude josh he just got signed to cleveland um cleveland indians i think and oh really he's like fresh out of high school but jewish kid you know i mean it's like this cool jewish kid playing ball you know what i mean and that's like it's exciting to people so i guess at some realm, my stuff at the time, before I was rapping, it was very much being Israeli and not like just like my family, where we're from. Because mm-hmm. hip hop is about representing where you're from. Very true. And where, and where you're at. You know what I'm saying? In Jersey, Israel, whatever, boom, boom, boom. But now it has become like, who are you? What's the deeper meaning? You know, there's all this other. I mean, you know, you're definitely pretty deep, it. though. Like, I mean, I, I saw, I saw your recent Instagram post about like your conversation with Lupe Fiasco and then the Holocaust survivor. I don't want to botch the name, but I think Sammy Steigman. Yeah. Like, you've definitely gotten deeper, obviously, as your career has gone on. So like, when did you first, I guess, like become in touch with like, you know, just the Jewish shit in general? Um, I met Modest Yahoo within my, through my homie, Jonah David. Who, um, and shout out to Jonah for just plugging me at that time. Jonah knew me. I was, I was like coming out of jail for the second time or third time. And I was like on paroles and I was, I got sober in like Oh four. So I've been sober like mm-hmm. 16 and a half years. So I saw that. Congratulations. Thank you, sir. That sort of led me on that path. And he's like, he even, I remember the, the conversation clear as day. He's like, this guy's going to try to do like a lot of real Jewish shit with you. <laughs> and it's something that would sound like another Jewish person. That's like, listen, this is, when we describe something as Jewish or like part of my um, French, like Jewish or like really Jewish or like not that Jewish. Yeah. It's all the same <laughs> now that I understand it. Uh-huh. But he's like, this shit is really Jewish fam. Like, but it'll be good for you because you want to get out there and rap and you're so, and that's like, you express what you want to do. And I see you trying and you've really made a lot of strides. So I'm going to plug you in with this guy. And then I sort of felt good because it was different. I was coming from underground rap and I had never been to some show like this. It was like this rock. It was like this inspirational thing. And it was, it was deep. The music was just like, it was moving. It was moving. And there were so many Jews. I never saw so many Jews in my life <laughs> at one place. You know what I mean? And, um, and I'm from, you know, my family's from Israel. So it's like going to visit it, but this was just different. So that sort of pushed me in that path. And I started going, I went to yeshiva, went to all these programs to go study in Israel for weeks at a time. And when you're there, you're just learning. And I'm like, wow, this is some deep stuff. And everyone knew me as a rapper. And like, why don't you write a song about this? Why don't you write a song about this? I'm like, all right, write a demo about this. Write a song about this. Write a song about this. And then I was acquiring all these songs and demos and just stuff that I would perform. Um, and every album that I released would always have 
something Jewish on it, some Jewish thing that was like more Jewish than all the other songs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's so funny though, like just from like following you and like listening to your music, like you're rapping about bagels and I'm like, oh, this guy's just like some, probably some super Jew, but like you're t- like totally like not that. It's just all part of the- No, yeah, I'm not, but I just <laughs> rep my shit. Yeah. And I think that needs to be, um, oh, nice of you to join us, Max. (laughs) 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 What's going on, Dillas? (laughs) Dillas? I used to be like, wow, what a guest we got on here. It's Kosh. Kosh. We call him Kosh. 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 Fucking electric name. So I I lost my train of thought. Yeah, fuck you, Max. Uh, no, I was I was saying like how like just from first judgment like I you know I follow Coach Dills I see him rapping about bagels I'm like oh this guy is just like some super Jew but that's not that's who you are at all. But what defines a super Jew? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but that's what your point. Like everyone's all really the same. Like he's not really Jewish or kind of Jewish. You know, everyone is just the same. I'm just as Jewish. You're my, like that's the thing. And I, I had this discussion. If someone's like, well, I'm more Jewish, and like like no one who's yeah. religious thinks of like how Jewish they are, their Jewish upbringing, or to even talks about that bullshit. They're a Jew because their mom's a Jew and their mom's a nerdy group Jewish and everyone's Jewish. Yeah. And that's why they're Jewish. <laughs> that is. Um, but case in point to what you're saying, um, when you look at, okay, the bagel video, the guy that's DJing in the bagel video, my boy, Roy Barron, DJ Snooze, he I went to yeshiva with him, but he's OG hip hop, but he's also like me. He's like a hip hop dude, but he's religious. And he like became more religious as he got older. And he's just call it what it is. He's like, yo, this is this. And this is this. And I am going to be in this video with you because it's dope. And I see what you're doing. And I see the good intention behind it. And I always try to have elements of Jewish shit as once in a while, Jewish shit happening in my video with lots of non-Jewish shit happening in my video. Mm-hmm. Unless it's like a Jewish song, like Shmuzin, like the video for Shmuzin, which was done in, in Israel. And it was like, it was a whole science behind it. But the, you know, the bagel rap video was, you know, literally it got me kind of in the food community. So now I'm like doing these food raps and I'm doing, you know, it was sort of a, that was like an experiment of what we're trying to do for like pop-up days like it's national bagel day and look who here with 10 bagel commandments so it's like meshing biggie smalls with jewish stuff with this stuff and making it culturally cool and appealing to people specifically cool jewish dudes who like shit like mac miller fan you know what i mean they're like oh yeah like i fuck with this we're gonna have to trademark a a national jewish dick day and have you and little dicky do a collab uh no (laughs) (laughs) no but uh but uh yeah national circumcision day i don't know <laughs> yeah exactly um yo but yeah i've done shows with little dicky i did stuff with mac years like i've played on festivals i didn't do stuff with them you know what i mean like I, i'm mm-hmm. on songs with them or we're friends with them and, and rest in peace to mac miller but um i was doing the jewish shit before any of the jewish rappers came out like i said if you go back in time to like jewish rappers there was beastie boy but Ill Bill and Necro were really like the dudes that I was listening to um, and that's sort of like and they're still like they're on their Jewish gangster shit like that's sort of what they do so that's what I always and that's what Kosher Dills was it was like a guy coming out of prison um, or incarceration or facing a lot of state time and and then he like got sober and he was like still toying with two kind of lives and he's like going through life 
sober and Jewish and rapper. And it's all sort of mixed in. And he's a hustler. And that character is what like the Kosher Deals brand is. You know what I mean? And it's also now fun. It's developed into other facets. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And now the world wants to see fun stuff and happy stuff. And so it's like, you know, these freestyle rap videos, me in a suit and stuff like that, like dressing the part and, and having fun with it, bro. Because brand, I don't know. Now it's a different time. So, you know, you just got to be creative and try things and continue to fail fail forward as they say coach how's like the um i guess the jewish hip-hop fan base population in in israel compared to the united states Mm, well everyone's jewish in israel rapping i mean there's also obviously palestinian rappers uh, and there's other arab rappers too but that aren't like literally like living in west bank and gaza that are like within the israeli rap scene um there's a lot of dope ethiopian rappers Teddy Negusa, uh, Edin Derso, really popular rappers on the scene. It's real hip hop shit, like really rap, really r- rapping ass rappers. There's some comedy stuff in there too. And I'd say they're more connoisseurs of real rap, like really hip hop, like really knowing their hip hop. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like really knowing their hip hop, the scene. There's a, there's a record label called Shigola Records, but DJ Mesh and Cohen Beats. One guy was signed to a, Signed to Ori Shachat, DJ, like once Soul Spasm, one guy was signed to Stone's Throw. And these are just classic. This is like the scene for many years. And you have Hadak Nechach, like a hip hop band. It's like worldwide as a band. And they come play, you know, the JCCs and the Jewish Federations for their Israel days and Yom Ha'atzmaot and stuff like that, where they have these celebrations. And they bring in a band and entertainment. And, you know, they have that whole little scene coming and going to the U.S. But the scene is super strong. I mean, there's like packed shows, it's continuously packed and it's awesome. Really. It really is. A, it's really dope. Actually. I would say it was a, it was a breath of fresh air to be in Israel. You've seen the rap there. I know coach that you mentioned, like you just said before that you're like playing the part, you're in suits, you're in the snow, you're doing the freestyle raps out and about, but like something that I'm super curious about is just transitioning in the pandemic in general, like how, difficult was it for you to like try to stay relevant when everyone was kind of like in lockdown or shut down and no one was really creating music videos or content? Like how did you transition? I'll always be relevant. I think to some degree, because I'm never going to fucking cash out and get a regular job and be like, well, I'm just going to work for this and do this nine hours a day. Like I'm always posting on Instagram, always posting on TikTok. I don't care if I get a hundred views on YouTube or a thousand views or 20,000 views. I'm always going to consistently post and find the nooks and the cranny. And I think my career is very similar to like the plight of the Jewish people. It's like, there's a diaspora and they're everywhere. Right. And they're just like connecting. So I have that. Plus I have real rap fans. Plus I have fans of, you know, fans warp tour or fans of Wu Tang that I did stuff for fans from modest Yahoo that I met and three eleven who I toured with through modest Yahoo and all these little pockets. And this stuff is new. And there are these micro pages that, you know, are popular to Greenpoint, Brooklyn or, or popular to Manhattan or Queens. And now if I'm in New York, okay, this is the stuff that I'm doing. These are places that I create content and I'm just kicking raps and you post it and it's getting 3000 views. It's like, why wouldn't you post something that gets you that many views and everyone's commenting on it and sharing it to, to their friends and then looking up the Spotify. So that's always going to happen. But as far as like speaking politics, if someone wants to discuss Israeli Palestinian politics, if someone wants to discuss 
anti-Semitism, if someone wants to discuss addiction and recovery, I'm like a pundit in those fields for each perspective outlet, like not on the Israel-Palestine conflict, but because I'm Israeli, I can speak on it, especially in the hip hop world because I'm Israeli, you know what I'm saying? And then for addiction, I'm sober 16 and a half years. There's no one, I, I'm sober longer than Eminem. So anytime I post about that, I'm finding new people all the time that reach out to me, podcast this. So for me, education, um, experience, history, being active in a scene without doing things for money because it's something I'm passionate about. Um, I just curated the first Holocaust survivor on Clubhouse and we had like thousands of people come. It was like one of the biggest rooms. It was talked about in like the town halls as one of the biggest events in the same week that Elon Musk came on to Clubhouse. So that was just something I did, you know, and I became, you know, getting press on that. Um, I've always found a way to stay relevant, but I think now on a business level, because I'm not touring, I'm just figuring out how to get paid locally versus having to travel for, I mean, I'm trying to learn how to be somewhere like regular life, like in one place, you know? Um, And I think that is, like I just started teaching rap class at a public school, but it was because I was rapping in a blizzard that the public school found me. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like a job, but I'm getting paid great to do that. And it's something I would do anyway. The clubhouse thing was awesome. I know my friends are trying to like schedule calls with Holocaust survivors also, but dude, that's what like clubhouse, I didn't get the hype on clubhouse at first, but now like I'm starting to see like, Holy shit. This is like the next big thing. Like I thought it was a fact. Were you there at the, I I was, I joined it. Yeah. And then I read about it after sick. Good. But I just think clubhouse is like such an incredible idea. And I don't know how it's taken this long for that to happen. Honestly. Yeah, man. I'm getting the notifications while we're recording and I'm like, Oh, you know, it's clubhouse. And once you're on it though, bro, you might not get off. Yeah. It's addicting. Hey coach, I want to get into a segment that we love to do on this podcast. We call it the matzo ball minute questions. Just going to rattle off a quick few uh, a few quick hitters, I should say. Let's get it. Favorite rap song of all time. Favorite rap song of all time. Um, man, I would say it was a cross between um, New York State of Mind, Nas, and Ten Crack Commandments, Biggie Smalls. Wow. Love. Love both of those. Um, who was your role model growing up, and who is your role model currently? I would say my role models growing up, I didn't really have a role model, but I would say I looked up to my brother, Zach and Alun. And um, I would say currently my role model is, hmm, I still don't really have a role model, but uh, there's people I look up to. I would say my father and still my brothers. But now the difference is I find a lot of faults in them, but I still look up to them, if that makes sense. No, definitely. definitely. (laughs) Shout out to them and all their faults. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> so i start some beef here but who's the most overrated artist in your opinion mm, overrated artist shit maybe someone that that someone that we know someone that that, that uh that will know we're gonna start beef. i really i really despise that question because who am i to say somebody who's overrated as like a talent is okay like overrated as far as lyricism or overrated as you know we can go underrated if that makes you feel better yeah, because who am I to like, I would say, and it's, it's no bullshit, I would say underrated artist. I would consider myself an underrated artist, but I would hate for someone to be like, oh, Koshi Dills is overrated. Yeah. He's not that good. I would never say J. Cole is overrated. 
or even underrated. I think he's like, everyone's like, I, I think there's an over under thing. I think Gary Vaynerchuk show has, and I think it's like properly placed. And I believe that like Lil Wayne is underrated because of the level of his gall and talent and relevance since he was rapping since 12. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. From like where he's from. I don't know what it's like to be like that. I don't, I, I would say an underrated rapper would be like Ari the Rugged Man. I mean, like, I'm talking niche people that were in the studios with Kanye, but didn't get that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I'll say underrated artist would be LP solo work versus his Run the Jewels work. Um, I would say underrated. I would say maybe, oh, Fuck, I hate this question. We, we don't have, like, we can, we can skip it. <laughs> first thing, but like, I would say, is he underrated or overrated? Because I buy into his character as much as his song, but I listen to his album. I'm like, yo, I really like it. And my best friend Flex would always be like, but do you like it because you like it or you like it because it's hot? <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's really hard to, I don't listen to things objectively. So that's how I'm answering that question. Sorry. Oh, please. Yeah, you're good um hala or matzah mm. oh that's a great question <laughs> um i prefer matzah but that's because i uh i'm friends with the people who run passover the instagram account so <laughs> quick shot oh, quick yeah. plug quick plug i love that yeah i'm I just feel like saying, I feel I'm like saying passover is the best holiday it is i should have asked that i was gonna say hanukkah or passover usually most people are like what the fuck are you talking about it's hanukkah all day fuck hanukkah Passover gang for real. <laughs> I'm talking because it's a real story of life. It's, it's the modern day Exodus now, dude, for real. Yeah. I feel like everybody grew up growing up to like, I mean, at least from my perspective, had like the box of matzah always in the pantry. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's, it's a rough thing to eat, bro, but <laughs> it's acquired taste. You know, struggle is an acquired taste. That's of what course. matzah represents. <laughs> of course. So I'm going to give you this one. Odds of one to 10, you get back into wrestling. Oh, that I get back into wrestling? Yeah. As far as what, like like professional wrestling or? Wrestling us. Yeah. No, not wrestling us. Yeah. Okay. Competitive. Uh, I would say, oh yeah, dude, I'm definitely involved. Um, I would give it an eight. Oh, okay. I love that. You still train frequently? No, I don't train <laughs> frequently. I'm being honest. Yeah. But, you know, I am buddies with people that are on like training for the Olympics, you know, so. Yeah. And another Jewish, another Jewish guy I went to Israel with, uh, this, yes. Yeah, so uh, I'm definitely, not, I'm involved in a wrestling community for sure. I love that. Um, last one for you. Applesauce or sour cream on the latkes? Applesauce. All day, baby. Love it. I, I do. Uh, I just recently, my mom came through with some like sour cream with sugar on the latke. It was cracked, dude. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. But applesauce is way better. All 16 day. and a half years sober now that's the new crack right <laughs> sugar yeah sugar is i think it is a sort of a drug for sure uh-huh. definitely i actually i want to i want to throw one in there that i'm super curious about what do you think like is your most powerful lyric or your favorite lyric that you've written well my new album is called nobody cares except you yeah the nobody cares except you and the song the the tracks the track title goes nobody cares except you nobody cares about anyone let me explain you should probably have thicker skin get rejected 10 times a day nearly die from addiction huh and i'm going in on second explanation you wanna work hard but you always on vacation you wanna you know so 
I think that is like an ex like that experience for me and like getting rejected all the time. Like I, I want to be on, I love your podcast. I want to be on a Joe Rogan podcast, right? Who doesn't, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. But it's like, oh, let me hit the, you know, like people are, don't get rejected. People don't get scolded. People don't get into fights anymore. It's just like not a thing that happens. If someone pushes you, you got to call the police, get press charges on assault. It's like, you know what I'm saying? And that mentality of like, I think my brother called it, it's my brother, Zach, who's, he called it the pussification of America. <laughs> it's gonna I've, I've heard that <laughs> and, uh, one from my dad. My brother's before. a strength coach. Yeah, no, this is amazing. And it's like, I always think about that when I deal with people and they're like, you got to lit. And I'm like, you want to scold me? It's okay. I'll, like, I'll listen. I, I have like a huge pain threshold. So I really go into, no one cares about me. Nobody cares about, it's not even, it's nothing personal. It's just a reality, you know what I mean? That I, I kind of approach life as that, you know, there is, I, I want a lot more than what I have and I'm going to get rejected by it. But if I put one plus one plus one plus one plus one and I could keep going up, like I can't get on this podcast with a thousand people, but I have this podcast, which has 20 and these ones all want me. So why not work with them and everyone grows and, and I look at that in conversations with on so many levels of everywhere I approach life. And that's why that lyric is important. Nobody cares except you. You guys didn't know me, but now after this, you're going to be like, yo, I, you're going to have your own discussion. Someone else going to hear and be like, yo, I want to know about the guy. Next thing you know, I'm going to be a topic of discussion in other things, you know? Um, yeah. No, that's a great point. But, uh, and then somehow someone else sees it and they're like, I want to know about that guy. You know, I don't want to know what he's doing. So, um, that's just, that's it. Like it's a slow burn. That's what I mean. That was my gift of life, you know, but I'd rather get the slow burn than the quick and burn out. Yeah. Yep. So. Candles burn slow. Mm -hmm. Totally feel that. So check out that song for all the other great lyrics, but that's the most powerful lyric of the song, really the opening part. Mm -hmm. I love it. Well, that, well that, that's going to wrap up lots of all minute. <laughs> you kind of just answered this, but we got one more question for you. Um, if you can go back and give advice to the 15 year old self, your 15 year old self, what would you tell him? That's a really powerful question. Cause I've been doing a lot of thinking about this and writing on it. Mm -hmm. I would say that it's okay to be the best <laughs> and stop being second place, stop being third place. And you don't need actually anyone else's help. Like you could, you're capable of doing it. Like you're good enough. Yeah. That's what I would say. I mean, yeah, you, you are uh, definitely like a super deep guy. Like even, even the answer you just gave about um, nobody gives a fuck about you or besides you, like that is something that like is such a simple lyric. I feel like that also just like resonates to everyone because like our generation, I know I just see this on a day to day, like so many people that I'm friends with and like um, just like girls in general, like spend so much time, like on their fucking Instagram story, like, Oh, should I post this? Or should I like maybe three people will give a fuck, but nobody else cares what you're doing, you know? Yeah, no one, no one cares, and it's not because they don't care about you, and uh, they would. You guys spent more deeper time together, but you have to have like breakthroughs in relationships. And I know this because I'm someone who consistently fails in relationships on like with people. Like I'm, I know a lot of people, but I don't have that many great relationships with specific people that are like because you spend time where I didn't want anything. It wasn't some sort of exchange. And I do think that it's like, once I spend time with somebody and have these convos, then we're more than likely to have more of a connection. It's like trying to connect with my fans. If you hit them up, everyone, and you're like, 
you only hit these people up and like, please like, and subscribe, please like, and subscribe. And they're like, you know what? That doesn't work that way. You have to like talk to me at least a little bit before I'm even good. You know what I mean? Ask me how I'm doing, you know, because that's just a reality of uh, it's not going to happen as fast as we want it. And I think we, we have been taught that we want it fast. And what I learned when I was 15 was that like, I could do just enough to just get by, you know, and just, I'll just get to the finals. I'll just take third. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And start, you start losing, you're losing you. How do I get better? And then how do you, cause sophomore year in high school, I was like turning a corner in life, but I was also like heading also down a dark path. And I think it's a really crucial point. So 15 is really important year. I appreciate it. I've been honestly chatting with myself and doing a lot of journaling on like my eight year old self, which is even crazier. Yeah, that is that's, crazy. I, I couldn't, th- yeah, I couldn't think about my podcast guys. What's up? <laughs> that age is too deep for the Latka podcast. We're going to save that for another day. We will. We will. The networking advice that I got when either you're giving, you're giving something to someone else, like providing value or you're asking for it is my teacher gave me delivering the pizza analogy. You don't just knock on the door and throw the pizza into, into the house. You talk to them and you hand it to them. So that's what that reminded me of. But I have one question for you. And I want to keep it at the end because we might not want to keep it in. But have you ever gotten that you look just like Jesse from Breaking Bad at the end when he's like, I think some people have referenced me that I look like Pinkman, right? Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, yeah. Jesse Pinkman, yeah. Identical. I thought you were going to say Johnny Sins. <laughs> oh, well, I was thinking, I was going to get into that after. Yeah. So I want to see at the end. Some people actually have, yeah, referenced me to that, but, at, but awesome. I would love to have the same bank account as Jesse Pinkman. <laughs> What's his thing? Like, bitch. That's his thing, right? Bitch. There's your next, <laughs> there's your next song, Kosh. It's oh, really yeah. bad. I love it. All right, yeah. We, we want to thank you so much, though. I know we've taken up a lot of your time, but no, pleasure's all mine. Be good. We'll uh, we'll be supporting the new the new song and, and the new stuff that comes out. Maybe we even get a a Dunkin' Donuts shirt or something. I dropped the bagel shirt. Uh, in God we crust. In God we crust. We'll, so we'll get would, on it. I would love it if the Lodka the Lodka crew would grab some. That'd be sweet. For um, sure. I would love to know more about the hockey stuff. You're the goalie. I was a goalie in soccer. So I love the goalies. Fuck, man. And anytime I play a hockey video game, I will be the goalie in honor of you. That's so boring, though. (laughs) I tried. I tried being goalie in fucking soccer, like back in the day. Even tried a couple of my boys went Division One soccer as well, and it's fucking tough, man. The net's not as small, not fucking enough equipment. I can't do it. Cap, you got to get coach playing in the locker in pregame. Yeah, right. Hundred percent, dude. I, I, mean, I would love it. That would be half my 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 pregame my pregame music is is strictly hip hop and 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 house music. So, well, throw me on there, bro. <laughs> throw throw the nobody cares except you album on there. I love just, it. What's a good What's a good like uh, What's one of your good like pregame one that's just gonna fucking get me in the zone? Um, do is it me? Is it me? Okay. It's fucking nice trappy shit. It's pretty dope. I will, 100%. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to it actually right when we get off here. I'll actually, um, I'll DM you. I'll let you know what I think. I'll be honest, 100%. Honest. Beautiful, boys. All right. All right. Thanks yeah, so thank much, I appreciate it. I'm you got it, guys. Is it me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Give us a, Wait, a, live, a live review. Oh, well, what, did, what did he say? He's listening to Is It Me. <laughs> oh, okay. He's, you want to give us like a free, like, little...
I like it. Do you have do you have a do you have a music video on YouTube? For this song, no, but um for Ten Bagel, I I mean I have tons of fucking music videos. I got a whole playlist of music videos. Oh, on there. next next video, next video you drop, you gotta get us like you gotta tell us when if it's like if it's if it's a Jewish theme song or anything like that, and we'll like we gotta make an appearance. With the extras. Yeah. Like, the extras Where are you guys all based? They're in New York, I'm in yeah. Florida, but Texas, but Oh yeah, for the New York boys. Yeah, I was gonna do one for this pizza song. I'm gonna do like I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to like market onto the food world. So I wanted to make this pineapple pizza thing <laughs> really pop. Like a really crazy. I like I have like I'm trying to get a chick from the Sopranos. I'm like really trying to get some really crazy people in it. And if, you, if you DM us that you're doing that, I, we will drive and be there. Like I, even if you were in freaking Ohio, I think I'd drive to it yeah it would be an honor well, dude i'm in brooklyn so where are you guys at we're long island so brooklyn. not too far under an hour beautiful 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 okay perfect. we'll go to fight goes after and get a great sub done all right, all right dudes much. good luck tomorrow Appreciate long that. island boys i'll see you guys soon yeah good let luck us know. in the game tomorrow let me let us know how it goes i will all right, all right guys i'll Thanks. see y'all Bye. Kosha Dills, what a guy. What a what a weird way that whole interview transitioned. At first we were talking like dick jokes and Jewish penises and the name Kosha Dills. And then we got like super heartfelt toward the end. I thought it took like, a good change, interesting change. But we want to thank Kosh coming on. Um, awesome dude. He's pretty hilarious. If you watch his videos on his Instagram at Kosha Dills or Twitter, just seeing videos of him like live rapping in the fucking middle of a snowstorm in New York City in a suit. Gotta love the guy's passion for music. I think he's awesome and super happy we got him. We got him on. Dude's got the got the best rapper name rather than like you know Lil Mud or Lil Cuddy. Uh, I love Kosha Dills. He's uh, Jesse Pinkman 2.0. That's what he looks nice like. Him. That's his doppelganger. And I'm excited to be in one of his music videos with Laz and Cap. Yeah, I think we should really do that. I'm so down to take the drive to Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Or yeah, we're at Brooklyn or wherever. Brooklyn with the challah. Yeah, I, I would be very down to go and be in a music video. Uh, cross that off my bucket list. You look super giddy over there. Thinking about it. Dude, you, I'm going to be in a music video? Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. You're giddy yeah, too. You're going to be shirtless also. Gotta be. I gotta, I'm, unless, you know, very hairy, but I might have to use Manscaped to uh, shave. To make you not hairy. <laughs> Shape. but i think we all should talk about one of our sponsors mindset wellness cbd talk about them every episode we love them i don't know what you're doing if you haven't gone to mindsetwellnesscbd.com and use our code locker 10 for 10 percent off i honestly fucking love cbd I, i'm still new to it i've been taking cbd for about four months and i've been sleeping better my mind's been better i honestly just feel overall better so go to mindsetwellness.com check them out on instagram at mindsetwellnesscbd we love them they're awesome any final thoughts, Maxi? Thanks, Coach. We love you. Stay Bye. tuned. We got another interview coming next week. Bye.